0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Transcending Together with Julianne and Lee. Good afternoon, beautiful and amazing human beings. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed the last hour of music that I've just played. So as it happens, Lee and I are pre-recording this because we've both got quite a lot of work to do. So we've decided to put this one in the can before the week so I apologize for the pre-record it is today is Sunday and yesterday the Springboks beat England at rugby what do you think about that before we start anything else because that's like really important
1: (laughs) well I've got no nails at the moment because I bit them off it was a heart-stopping game my blood pressure went through the roof I reckon but I just want to also come in here and say, not only did the Springboks beat England in Rugby World Cup semi-final, but they or also. Oh, you're not
0: going to say it, you know, in the cricket
1: <laughs> at the cricket World Cup. So for for me, because I've lived in England for the last 20 years, I will support England against any opponent in the world except the Springboks.
0: That's one of those things, national pride, right? Well, I'm Zimbabwean, so we don't have any skin in the game anymore yeah. which is sad because most of our players at youth level end up in South Africa anyway so but I don't think there's actually any Zimbabwean the, the Springboks right now so there was Not Beast and Rira, Bobby yeah. Skinstat. there were a few that were that were Zimbabwean born from an Australian perspective George Gregan was from Zambia so close enough and I, I, I still think a big part of it is if the first ball you pick up is a football, that's that's what. But for young people, if the first ball you ever pick up is a rugby ball, you just know stuff about the game that no one else knows. And there is a what's the right word? It, it's almost like a genetic consciousness, I guess, in a way about how the ball bounces and what to do with it and all of those things. So I don't want to be too spiritual about it, <laughs> but it is quite spiritual. I, I I will admit I am a dyed-in-the-wool rugby fanat. Because we're pre-recording this on Sunday, so tomorrow evening there is a mediation session with the RFU between trans people and the RFU, trans women specifically, because I think, as I've always said, trans men have got a free pass. It's going to be interesting, I think, and we'll let next week how the meeting goes. But part of the reason for letting this as a pre-record is it is a Sunday. The meeting is tomorrow, which is Monday. This show is going to go out on Wednesday. So... I have no idea how that meeting's going to go. So I've just got to kind of see where we get to with that. But so I think that promises to be a very interesting meeting. I hope it's interesting. I hope we can find a common ground with the RFU to create a pathway for trans women to play this. I know they like to say that football is the beautiful game. But I just think back to that old adage that rugby is... Football is a game played by gentlemen but supported by barbarians. And rugby is a game played by barbarians but supported by gentlemen. (laughs) And it's kind of true because I just love looking at those scenes from the, the, the footage yesterday of English and South African supporters sitting next to each other next to each other in the stadium I know isn't that incredible it it just i i think it just says so much about the sport people think that it's all about brute force and aggression and it is for 80 minutes but i can guarantee you every single one of those players went and had a beer or a non-alcoholic beer or whatever it is that they choose With their opposition after the game and the respect that they show for the opposition, I think is something that you don't get in football. I don't think you get... Well, you don't. You definitely don't get that. So I thought that was interesting. So so you got no fingernails? I've got no... I I think I bit all my nail polish off yesterday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was... Like, everyone around me that I was watching with were going, well, I suppose we're supporting England against the All Blacks next Saturday. And it was, like, right up until the last, what, there was two and a half minutes two left in the game when, when South Africa went in the lead for the first time. And it was just that kick that that guy Andre uh, Pollard. Andre Pollard did. As cool as a cucumber. This kick puts yeah. you into the Rugby World Cup or not, and he was just as cool as a cucumber, kicked it over, job done, amazing, that big match temperament.
0: It's interesting, because I've always had a soft spot for Joe Marler, so back in the day when I used to play for Hayward's Heath, Joe Marler was one of our greatest sons, and he went on to play for Harlequins, and he actually, I met him with my son at the Twickenham Stoop, and I've always been a Harlequin at my heart. I, I'm not wearing my Harlequins strip today because I want to look pretty. <laughs> but the thing is, like, so from a Harlequins, so I've never understood the fast, the English fascination. Both all the selectors always seem to love Sinclair. And when I saw that England was starting with Cole and Mahler, I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. And true as nuts, when Sinclair came on, that's exactly when the Springboks started beating the hell out of the out of the English. And I'm like, you see, what can I say? Yeah.
1: And at the same same time, Ox came on, and oh. his motto is salads don't win scrums. And I there's love a that. a meme going around with him. I'm going to put
0: some memes Not- up. Don't worry, there's going to yeah. be lots of memes coming in.
1: He loves chocolate cake, apparently, and his (laughs) motto is salads don't win scrums.
0: Oh, it's so true, man. And I think that was one of the things that when I was living in South Africa that I, I was just like, there are so many people. Wales, historically, was always their thing was because all the coal mines were in Wales, Welsh Rugby, Their scrums were always at the foremost of everything that they did. And obviously, since Maggie Thatcher destroyed the coal mining industry to destroy the unions, to create an ascendancy of capitalism, whole other story, did you believe I was going to be able to link sport with politics? But there we go. So so Welsh rugby was always it was always these big guys that were like in the mines fit strong and I never understood why South Africa didn't capitalize on that take these big strong guys out of the out of the out of the mines and put them on the rugby field so I'm glad they've done that and I I think they I think And it's controversial, but I do think that one of the reasons South African rugby has remained institutionally racist is I do think that at a certain level, I think white South Africans understand that when they really let loose and let black South Africans play this sport, we will have a genuine all. Black team, not all Blacks, <laughs> but an all-Black team. And I think there are so many players that have just absolutely brought brought their people, brought Black South Africans to the, to the forefront. And I think Sia Khaleesi is a big part of that. I think Beastum Tawarira, even though he was Zimbabwean, gave young Black kids an opportunity to aspire to something and Sia Khaleesi as the captain. And I love the fact that when Sia goes, who's the the front row guy that takes charge?
1: It's the hooker, Mpimpi.
0: Mpimpi. That's it. And I think that's so important. It's so important to give young black South Africans people they can identify with. And I think that's that's really incredible. But the show is not about rugby, believe it or not. We're not a, <laughs> but uh, for Lee and I, it's, it was just awesome. <laughs> we did enjoy that. So because it's Sunday and we're pre-recording on a Sunday, we thought it would be a really good idea to have a Bible study. We're going to Bible study today, people.
1: That sounds like a good idea.
0: I think last week, we we kind of skirted with danger, I think, to a certain extent, because I don't think we necessarily came down one side or the other. I think we threaded the needle quite well in terms of making sure we were balanced. And I like to believe we're balanced. Mm-hmm. This week's not going to be so balanced, though, <laughs> if I do say so because as an lgbt person i'll be honest with you the one thing that i've never completely understood is what how can somebody be simultaneously lgbt and christian i don't i don't get it because if you join a club the club has rules and from what i understand the Christian club is. I, I don't see that there's space for LGBT people in there, and I understand why LGBT people might be theist. I understand that they have a god, and and they 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 need to believe that there is a higher power, and and I I would never take that away from them. I just don't think that the biblical one is the one for you and that's the thing that I struggle with what do you think about that
1: like I grew up in in the Methodist Christian faith I went to Sunday school and youth church teen church and eventually I was like in my 20s and I was still going to church and still involved with youth groups and, and things like that and it got to the point where, as I was coming to terms with my own sexuality, I was going, these people are so against gays and lesbians, trans wasn't so famous back in the the 1990s, that I don't feel comfortable being in this club, as you say, because my whole existence is, is wrong in their eyes. And that's when I, I broke away and, and started looking for my own sort of interpretation of God and the higher power and, and things like that. So although nothing actually happened to me, I just felt this uncomfortableness being religion that basically says that I my whole existence is wrong, that I'm going to go to hell. So that was a, a, a turning point for, for me, and that was like in the in the mid-1990s.
0: I get that. I think it's... I was fortunate in that I was raised, it's it's interesting because I tend to be quite, if you get me drawn on me and my dad, we have a lot to talk about, <laughs> yet I tend to be quoting him a lot, I was actually, as I was editing last week's show, and I was sort of going back through, I do tend to reference him a lot, and I do think he had a significant impact on my life both positively and negatively there's a lot of things that 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 I cannot reconcile that he did however he was wise and he taught me a lot of things and I think one of the greatest gifts he gave me was an open mind so I don't think I will ever regret him doing that for me So, anyway, we are going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, Lee and I are going to have a Bible study. Get prepared, people. See you in a bit. Oh, I love this. This, this,
2: We continue in
0: moments.
2: Those are good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK.
3: Many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider, but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprince.co.uk or visit purpleprince.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company ever thought about having your own radio show well now you can as we're looking for presenters to join our team no experience is needed and minimal equipment required for more information email info at transradiouk.com Trans UK. tune in via DAB in Ireland download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com
2: Malcolm here don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music, and jazz here on Trans Radio UK.
0: Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. As promised, we are now going to have a Bible study. Last week we were having a conversation about the how far back in history this particular challenge between the Israelis and everybody else in the region goes back. And I did make the point that it's biblical. So for me, I think this entire conflict entirely starts if we're going to have a Bible study. We're going to have a Bible study. And we're going to start with Joshua, the book of Joshua. So for context purposes, the book of Joshua starts with Moses who went up a mountain and saw an apparition that came out of a burning bush between you and me. I think it was a particular kind of bush and I think he had a particular kind of experience, Experience. (laughs) which was possibly hallucinogenic. However, Moses came down from the mount and Obliterated, actually, we're going to talk a little bit later about Yahweh's body count because he beats Rambo and everybody. He is Yahweh's body count is incredible. But anyway, Moses comes down. They do the trek through the wilderness, and we now come in at the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua says, so God... Says to Joshua, My servant Moses is dead. Get ready now, you and all the people of Israel, and cross the river Jordan into the land I'm giving them. As I told Moses, I have given you and all of my people the entire land that you'll be marching over. Your borders will reach from the desert in the south to the Lebanese, Lebanese in the north. The great euphrates river in the east and through the hittite country to the mediterranean sea in the west joshua no one will be able to defeat you as long as you live i will be with you as i was with moses i will always be with you i will never abandon you be determined be confident for you will be the leader of the people as they occupy this land, which I promised to their ancestors. There you go. Therein lies the entire historical background for um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. What What's your thoughts on that?
1: I think Joshua, uh,
0: the book of Joshua is...
1: Um, it's a story of conquest of Canaan uh, with the aid of God. But I think if you look deeper into it, it's it's a story of how God, to whom the whole world belongs, at one stage in history, reconquered a portion of the earth and, and claimed it for his people, defending their claims by force. And I think that's very important part of where the the story began. It was one point in history and it was reconquering that portion of the earth.
0: I get where you're coming from. It, it's, well, there, there's not really, it, it's not like they were holding title deeds. I, I, that's kind of, that, that kind of gets me a little bit, I have to be honest. They, they assemble on the, 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 banks of the River Jordan, which I've been to. And I think the thing which which really makes me laugh about this passage is where, so apparently, according to the historical record, because the Bible is a historical, Joshua sends some spies into Jericho to find out what's going on in Jericho. And I've actually been to Jericho, I have to say. It's something so powerful about being in what is contemporarily the oldest known city on earth. Anyway, so Joshua sends his spies into Israel, into the land of Canaan, and they go to Jericho. And it says here when they came to the city they went to spend the night in the house <laughs> in the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Okay. Long story short and spoiler warning they destroy Jericho and Rahab's house is restored because she helped these spies out, but apparently she was a prostitute? Oh my goodness!
1: How can that be? Jesus was was quite kind to prostitutes, wasn't he?
0: I'm guessing they have a thing for prostitutes. Um,
1: well, it is technically uh, known to be like the oldest profession in the world, isn't it?
0: I think it is. I think that's why. All right. So, so that was my opening salvo. Was the this particular moment in time? What you got, Lee?
1: Okay, so and I think Joshua recounted a story is it, a story about contradictions, because on the one hand, God gave the land that He had promised to the nation, and on the other hand, the people failed to possess the land completely, allowing some of the ha- inhabitants to remain. God fulfilled his side of the bargain, but the Israelites did not finish the job. The Canaanite peoples then became a damaging influence. As the years went went by, so it was like God did his bit, but his people didn't do their bit, and I think that's the importance of the the book of Joshua
0: what was their bit?
1: well, I think they they had to they had to trust and obey and be be of good people and and do what they, God they didn't told do them that. right do what God yeah. told them and they they didn't really they were <laughs> mingling with prostitutes and and, and the like. Um,
0: well if you read the story if it weren't for Rahab the whole thing wouldn't have worked so a, a prostitute let's let's be blunt about it a prostitute was the cornerstone for the sacking of Jericho so score one for the prostitutes yeah
1: it was disobedience
0: Oh, it's 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 really fascinating. But I think for me the thing which really strikes me about the Book of Joshua, which is I think from that does connect to the oldest stories around the Arab Israeli conflict, is the book of Joshua. And it's where that that's what it all comes down to. Is this, they, the the Jewish people believed, and I've been educated in the ways of the Jewish people and the Torah and all of those things. So I do speak from a place of knowledge because it was taught to me. And what was taught to me was that God gave us the divine right to take over this territory because it was always ours. And it goes back to Abraham, and apparently God had a pact with Abraham, which predates, Abraham is from Genesis, and God made a pact with Abraham, because Abraham was prepared to sacrifice his oldest son to to God. So God was like, okay, I will forever promise you these lands, And they will always be yours. And that is the cornerstone. And it kind of goes back that this is the thing, which in a lot of ways I really wanted to talk about today because it's Sunday and we're having a Bible study. So we're studying the Bible. (laughs) Jehovah, Yahweh, God, whatever you want to call him, made some sort of ancient pact with Abraham that said, this is always yours. It just really, it's always bothered me from my earliest days in Sunday school and and all, I I was raised in a very complicated environment, both Christian and Jewish and agnostic. So I'm a very confused person, I will confess to that. But I just... The thing for me, which really strikes me, is the extent to which we today are still two, three, four thousand years later fighting a proxy war that started cent- centuries, millennia ago, and it it just seems to me to be completely redundant. What do you think, Lee? It's like you said; it was millennia ago that
1: these historical events occurred and we're still arguing and fighting over over this and isn't it isn't it time now to 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 sit down and and have a dialogue like like you are having with the RFU tomorrow it all starts with sitting down and and having a, a a discussion and I don't see that happening right now because it's 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 just this ongoing battle and nobody is prepared to sit down and, and and properly talk about it and and then you 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 throw in the religious context not just the historical context but you you've got muslims who also have they claim that they've got access to to this land through through history and all the rest of it and the jerusalem being being the the city that is most disputed because of these these three different religious sects coming together and, and having sort of like temples and places of worship and spiritually meaningful places. But all we're doing is just fighting and, and not talking.
0: I think that's, that's it, isn't it? For heaven's sake, just start talking to each other. And we said this last week, it's like, my God is better than your God, but actually it's the same God. And when you actually go and you have, you do a little bit of research, read your Old Testament, Arabs and Israelis are descended from Abraham. For goodness sake, you have the same patriarch. Get over yourselves. It's rubbish. It's complete rubbish. And I need to go to a break because I'm going to get politically incorrect. <laughs> so we've got a quick break. And we'll be back after this with a little bit more Bible study. See you in a bit. Oh, I
2: love this.
0: We continue in moments. is God. Yes, yes.
2: You're locked to Trans Radio UK are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively why not check out trans sober we're a grassroots peer support group for the community by the community find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins we also offer other useful resources trans radio uk a global radio station the whole lgbtq plus community can be proud of did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com.
3: Win £25,000 and help Truck Listens at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click win £25,000 for more details.
2: Trans Radio UK is on right now across the UK and beyond. Now, now, more of the music
0: you love. One more. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful, amazing human beings. I hope you are having a an interesting time with Lee and I this afternoon. We're definitely going all out on all kinds of different things. So, so, Lee, tell us about Jonah.
1: So I've always been fascinated by the story of Jonah and the big fish and how he was he was out on the ocean and there's this big storm and uh, Jonah's thrown overboard and um, he's swallowed by a big fish. And after three days and three nights in the, in the belly of the fish, Jonah prays for forgiveness and the fish spews him out onto dry land and Jonah's able to uh, complete God's mission. And even as a child, it was like, that's impossible. How can he, how... And, uh, and talking about like the Mandela effect, um, I always thought of it as as the whale. He was swallowed by a whale because uh, I guess that's a big fish. But how can you be inside the belly of a, a big fish, a whale? Um, that's impossible and so that was one of the stories that i I didn't quite believe or I couldn't quite conceive how how this 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 could happen so that was what one of the bible stories that stick out for me in my mind jonah and the big fish
0: that that, that whole idea around and there are stories in the Bible and in the ancient sumerian texts about the peoples that came from the ocean. Yes. And we love to have a little dabble in things that are outside the ordinary. What do you think the connection is with potentially ancient aliens?
1: Well, I, I think that's exactly what what it is. I, I think a lot of our, our history has been purposely hidden from us. So... Information like, perhaps these ancient aliens that came with their flying, burning chariots and, and things like that. Obviously, these these people of of that civilization didn't understand what it was. What and the descriptions of, of things like that, like maybe a, a flying saucer would be a flying chariot, and perhaps the the, the big fish that. Swallowed Jonah was was in fact one of these ancient alien civilizations that perhaps had a submarine. That to me makes more sense than being swallowed by a big fish.
0: That's one of the things that's always interested me is that the Earth is predominantly water. So if we were to be colonized by some sort of extraterrestrial intelligence given that the majority of the planet is water they would be a water born the water would would be more interesting to them than the land that makes sense to me and even if you want to go darwinian and you want to be like what's the right word sort of conventional about it if you want to go with darwinian theory we all came from the ocean primordial swamp and all the rest of it but I don't think it's a huge stretch to imagine that there is an advanced civilization that has developed itself under the water, because most of our planet is water. So, so why do we assume we are at the pinnacle of achievement on this planet? Why do we believe we are the apex when most of our planet is under the ocean, that That to me is, I was watching something today with Neil deGrasse DeGrasse Tyson, and he was saying like all this talk about terraforming Mars, when we don't even understand how our own planet works, why is it beyond the realms of possibility that there is, we crawled, according to Darwin, we crawled out of the oceans and... That's who we are. Awesome. But then what about those species that remained under the water? If we have advanced to the point where we can put a man on the moon and the the, the jury's still out on that one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why is it such a stretch that there would have been... A, some great civilization that has developed under the oceans. Why do we assume we're like the top the top dog? That to me that is just... And the idea that Joshua was actually... Sorry, Jonah, Jonah. was swallowed by a big fish. If this was 4,000 years ago and a submarine emerged to the surface... And Jonah disappeared into a submarine. Anyone who was there to tell the story would have thought he was eaten by a big fish. By
1: a big fish.
0: So this is ancient aliens meet Old Testament Bible meet, I don't know, all kinds of things. It's, wow, I I just think that is this idea that somehow as human beings we own this planet when most of the planet we are land-based and we're fighting over wh- what is it two-thirds so so two-thirds of the world is covered in oceans what's the
1: something like that it's a huge proportion there's a tiny bit of land the rest is is water
0: and here we are thinking we are the ubermensch we are we own this planet maybe we are just The the also ran, (laughs) because it is quite interesting when you think about the stuff that's come out around the the UFOs and the UAPs, because now the military have got to say, okay, we're going to call them unidentified aerial phenomenon, because apparently that's not, because then it's different to unidentified flying object. It's different not the same it's the military have said this is what it is so so we are supposed to assume that we are the only ones on this planet and for all that we think about alien life out in the universe i don't think we've even begun to understand what exists on the planet your thoughts
1: exactly and again it it links with other Uh, discussion points that we've had on this show it's don't just believe face value what you are told do your own research have an open mind and don't be so so blinkered because there's a certain narrative that has been told and and we are believing it as if that is the only possible outcome of it but open your mind and do your own research we, we live in this, this world now where we've got tiny little computers in our pockets on our phones. It's not like information is not out there. And just do your own research because there's a lot out there that has been hidden from us.
0: I think that's that's really important because it was only when I finally had a mobile phone that I could sit. There was a BlackBerry, one of those old Blackberries. And I remember, like, keying in and saying, why is it that I think that I'm a girl? And that was when I discovered transgender. So don't be afraid to do your own research. We've talked about this, haven't we? Mm. You've got to. You've got to, like, get out there. And a lot of it might be the biggest load of nonsense on the planet. Well, When I say on the planet, on the terrestrial planet, the bit that's below the waterline, you've got to just discover. My personal life philosophy is centered on something that I read with from Twain. What was Twain's first name? Mark. Mark Mark Twain. Twain. There we go. Mark Twain. And it it goes, at the end of my days, I will be more disappointed by the things I didn't do than those which I did. So throw off the bow lines, sail from the safe harbor, explore, dream, discover. And that has to be at the cornerstone of what we do, because we are a curious species and curiosity that i think the whole thing around curiosity killed the cat is an invention of the religious mind limiting paradigm that we live in which is actually the greatest gift we have is our curiosity and we i hope we never ever lose our curiosity and and that's we we joke about it this bible study but all Lee and I are doing is being curious we're taking information that's been given to us and we're saying okay let's have a think about that and we're going to have a think about it over the next commercial break and we'll be back in a minute Oh, I love this. this, this we continue this. in moments.
2: This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK.
1: If you're transgender, feeling lonely, and don't think there's any help available, well, now Trans Radio UK have track listens. A confidential phone service just for you on 0800-009-6640.
2: Talk for some time and you're feeling good It's gone so much better than you thought it would And you're really glad you went and made that phone call That was the small
1: Go on, make that call. It's a small price. Truck
2: listens every day.
0: To talk to someone who's both sympathetic and empathetic, call Truck Listens. 0800-009-6640. Truck Listen listen, 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 listen,
1: listen,
3: Did you know we receive no funding here at Trans Radio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of £20 will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info at transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Trans Radio UK.
2: The world's largest radio station for the trans community, Trans Radio UK.
0: Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. I hope you are enjoying this conversation that we're having. We've, Lee and I have actually concluded that we're going to actually need to do a series on this because there is so much to cover. And given the limitations of time, that we are constrained by we are gonna have to do a little bit and we'll do bible study i i think again next week (laughs) my favorite story let me share with you my favorite bible story and this has always been like at the cornerstone it's kind of it it i love it because it like blends the ancient aliens and some kind of superpower and all the rest of it but it's a story around sodom and gomorrah and in conventional wisdom sodomy apparently is the act of one man penetrating another man through the other end no lesbian equivalent I'm sorry, there's no lesbian equivalent, but that's let let's be clear. Okay, so the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, I love it, but it's the it's what happens at the end that's important. But let me talk you through it. So Lot and his wife live in I can't remember if it's Sodom or Gomorrah, but they they living in this town, and the angels come to lot and they say to them they say to lot we're going to destroy your whole cities you and sodom you sodom and gomorrah we're going to obliterate them and because they are wretched awful people so these angels come and tell lot this this thing like oh this is going to happen and Lot is like, okay, I'm I'm a God fearing man, and I got I'll, I'll sort you guys out. And then the angels go into Lot's house, and then the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, or is it Sodom or and Gomorrah or just Gomorrah? I don't know. And anyway, the people gather outside Lot's house, and they say to Lot, "Give us those." people that you've got in your house because we want to have our way with them this is in the bible guy it's in the bible so these people want to have their way with the angels and lot says what actually i tell you what like leave these people alone but i'll give you my daughters because they're virgins you can have your way with isn't that nice it's like no, 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 no. Don't, don't have your way with the angels. Go go have your way with my daughters, rather. It's insane. Anyway, shuffle forward. God gets really upset about all of this and tells Lot you've got to get the hell out of Dodge. So Lot and his wife and his daughters head off into the hills and... <laughs> God rains hellfire, which sounds very, almost like a nuclear attack. Anyway, God rains hellfire on Sodom and Gomorrah and tells Lot's wife, don't look back, don't look back. And Lot's wife looks back and gets turned into a pillar of salt, which is also quite ancient alien. Is it a nuclear attack? Anyway. Anyway. Lot's wife gets killed off, and Lot and his daughters end up in a cave. And Lot's daughters decide this is clearly the end of civilization as we know it. So there's just us two daughters and our dad. So what we're going to do, we're going to get dad pissed, and both of us are going to be impregnated by our dad gotta love a bit of incest <laughs> what's your thoughts lee yeah. by the uh, way guys no, this is biblical this is yeah. the bible we're doing a bible study this is a bible study what do you think lee
1: so so the story is in genesis 19 verses 30 to 38 and if you have a look at it from our through our eyes and linking it back to to the show, it's it's quite incredible this story because when people recount the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and his wife, they they link it to well, this is the Bible saying that homosexuality is bad because the it will lead to to destruction. So it's often quoted as as a as a Bible passage that says says how wrong homosexuality is. The other thing that people remember is that Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. But not a lot of people actually remembered the story about Lot and his two daughters living in the cave. And one day the older daughter said to the younger one, our father is old and there is no man around here to give us children. This is absolutely what, what is quoted in Genesis 90. Um, all, all the men had been annihilated in the fire and sulfur from the destruction so they, they they get him drunk um and they have their way with him and i think it goes on that uh, the older daughter had a son and she named him moab and he is the father of the moabites today and the younger daughter also had a son um and she named him ben ammi and he is said to be the father of the ammonites today
0: it it's like, where do you even start with that story? It it's I I I think the thing which is <laughs> when we were putting this show together, I was like, I said to Lee, right, we're going to do Bible study, and we were like, okay, let's go find stuff that's like really weird and out there, and this to me has to be one of the cornerstones of an absolute ridiculous, crazy... Where on earth do you begin? Like, it's incest. Incest. They get them drunk and they get pregnant. F- I, I'm just like, being trans, there was a time when I was, I defined as male. And I have to be honest with you, if I've had too much of the great, I'm not very performative in that function. I, 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 full credit to them for getting him drunk and still managing to actually copulate. What a wonderful story. Blessings of God, surely, that he even could get it up enough that he actually made one pregnant on one night and then made the next one pregnant. How far out, do you, how far disconnected do you have to be from reality to have sex with your own daughters? Seriously. Well,
1: maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. <laughs> no,
0: but I disagree. I, I have a problem with this because I I was born male and there there is a thing that men have which is called brewer's droop, which is... If you drink too much of the vine, be it wine or hops or whatever it is, it desensitizes you down there. And it's incredibly difficult to copulate when you're drunk. And I, I don't understand how they actually did that. He can't not have been enough there to know what he was doing. And anybody who's watching or listening to this story, anyone who was assigned male at birth, has to acknowledge that there is a point beyond which you are compass mentis and able to understand what's going on. Equally, in the moment that that happens and you pass beyond that bridge, you can't have one and not the other. You can't be. Conscious enough to copulate, but un- unconscious enough to know what's going on. I, I That to me is just, doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not physiologically possible.
1: On, on the one hand, you could probably understand what the daughters were thinking, given that Sodom and Gomorrah were just nuked by God. And they're probably thinking, oh my goodness, you know, Mom, mom's dead, she's a pillar of stone, and all the sodomites and the gamorites are, are, are dead, and, and we're the only three people left on, on the planet, and we, we, we're we going to have to get dad drunk. I'm sure they must have wanted to get drunk themselves if they were going to sleep with their father. But you can understand in a way their their, their way of thinking. We We've got to we're the last people left on Earth, and, and and we've got to carry on. And Dad, Dad's the only man, so let's let's drink some wine, or we'll get merry, and do our bit for for civilization.
0: <laughs> That's like that that scene from Greece. <laughs> let's do it for our country: the red, white, yeah. and the blue. I think you're being a very generous, Lee. I think you're being very generous i I still just it really bothers me that Yahweh decided to obliterate Sodom and Gomorrah because they were what's interesting is he ne- it it's never actually specifically stated that they were so so the modern definition of a sodomite is someone who has anal sex it's it's a man having anal sex with another man. That's sodomy. That is the legal technical definition of sodomy. So if they are saying that that was terrible, it was so terrible that it was necessary to obliterate an entire society, and the end result of that is the incest between two daughters and their father, how is that equitable? i i I don't know the whole thing just seems to me to be entirely bizarre. What say you
1: i i I think if we do and I think we should if we do some more kind of stories like this, it does make you question, doesn't it how on the one hand you've got got this the the whole sort of like homosexuality. Is being is so terrible that God had to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But on the other side of the story, it's incest, and that is okay because they were the last people left on Earth, so they had no 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 other choice. But how can incest be okay? But on the other hand, whatever was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah was was not and had to be destroyed. And I think. There's a lot of examples like this where there's this
0: contraindication
1: and it's up to you to do your research, have an open mind, discover for yourself. So we're
0: going to leave it there, folks. We are definitely going to come back to this at a future point in time. But for now, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope you found it both interesting and comical. At, at certain points so with that um goodbye and please do stick around after the break for mg's unorthodox jukebox which is being unorthodox which i am kind of makes sense <laughs> anyway take care everybody love you lots bye wow.
2: The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK.